This is the American Association of Orthodontists, the Business of Orthodontics podcast, episode 15. Welcome. I'm Pam Paladin here with Kevin Dillard, AAO's General Counsel, and Sean Murphy, the AAO's Associate General Counsel. Today's podcast will be one segment devoted entirely to a new practice management resource, the new member legal starter kit just tells us there's a whole lot more to an orthodontic practice than, than seeing patients and moving their teeth. Kevin and Sean, welcome to Thank the podcast. You, Pam. Thank you, Pam. Great to be here. Thanks. Kevin, what was the impetus for developing the new member legal starter kit? Well, one of the things we kept seeing, and, and this is both anecdotal and, and through empirical evidence from surveys, is that a lot of new and younger members graduate from their orthodontic residency and they don't feel adequately prepared for the business aspects of running the business from everywhere from accounting to the legal end of running a business. And so we were looking at pulling together some of our resources and making it more convenient for members to be able to go to one place and see some of the hottest topics that they need to be aware of and valuable information when it comes to just simple things like how to manage your social media and contracts and such that we'll talk about in more detail. One-stop shopping then. One, we hope so. So you frequently get members from members who are new to practice asking kind of basic questions? From contract advice to how to handle social media to disgruntled patients to better business bureau complaints to business formation. What what kind of business to start? An LLC, a sole proprietorship, and so on. Broadly, can, can you go over some of the topics, some of the areas that are addressed by the uh, new member legal starter kit? Sure. Well, there's four broad areas, uh, and it's going to be it, it's easy to find on the website. The first thing is a contract guide that we publish. It's not comprehensive in terms of giving you exactly what you need and everything. It's helping you to understand what some of the basic terms of a contract are, what you should pay attention to, whether you are hiring an associate, whether you are the associate or you're, you're becoming an employee or an independent contractor. We're linking to all of our podcasts that have risk management advice, I know we've been doing these for a little over a year, Pam. Mm -hmm. A lot of valuable information in those podcasts in terms of just basic risk mitigation and business advice. Also, a lot of members I I know are not aware of the legal summaries that we have that we've been publishing for some time. We update them as uh, new information comes across or as laws, regulations, and rules change. We have summaries up there. Probably one of the more popular summaries is about HIPAA. And our HIPAA guide is up to date. It provides compliance guidelines for almost any office in terms of the the privacy aspect of it and what you have to post in your office and and whether or not you're even a covered entity under HIPAA. We have summaries in this kit dealing with patient bankruptcies, which unfortunately is is a part of uh, doing business. We hear that quite a lot, especially when the economy has a little bit of a downturn or or in more economically challenged areas. We have orthodontic or orthodontist members dealing with a lot of patients who are in bankruptcy. So the basic question is, what do I do? I mean, how do I have to write off the amount? Uh, do I have to continue treating that sort of thing? Another very common issue is split contracts in a divorce situation. We've done podcasts about this. There've been uh, articles in, in the bulletin published about this and on Facebook. We give practical advice as to how to manage Situations in which you have divorced parents who may or may not agree on treatment, who want to pay for treatment separately, uh, when is that advisable or is it advisable at all? 
likewise, terminating the doctor-patient relationship. Uh, we have a detailed summary, things to think about when uh, you have a patient who perhaps doesn't pay or who isn't complying. You know, when is it a good idea to terminate? When should you not terminate? Social media, I've, I've already kind of talked about ever present in today's, you're not really marketing, fully marketing your practice unless you're taking advantage of social media, but there are risks associated with that. And then also just practical stuff like photo release. You know, if you, do you need a photo release of a patient who's out of treatment and you want to put up their picture, their smiling picture with their perfect teeth as your after picture in your waiting room? Do you need a photo release for that? And if so, we have it provided for you. The third section there are some of the some of the most popular waivers that we have. It is not uncommon for patients, for whatever reason, to request premature removal of braces. So what do you do? What paperwork do you need to have them sign if they're not done with their treatment plan, but they want their braces off anyway? Likewise, uh, what happens when you have a disgruntled patient or for whatever reason you need to provide a refund? Also a waiver for that. And then in, in the last section, we have sample agreements. We have mutual non-disclosure agreement associate agreement or sample associate agreement, independent contractor agreement, and what we call a mutual aid agreement, which um, I think every orthodontist should have. So from a layperson's perspective, I have to ask, what's the difference between a contract guide and sample agreements? Well, and so the contract guide actually provides sample agreements, and they are just more or less a guide. I mean, as stated in the title, of showing an orthodontist, a new member, old member, everyone in between, what are some of the typical provisions that they might be encountering in a contract? Now, that's not to say they should not go out and seek their own legal counsel in terms of what provisions they need in their specific contract to comply with local and state regulations. We definitely encourage and actually believe that each and everyone using the contract guide should take what's in there more as a resource, so when they do go talk to an attorney, they have that as somewhat of a basic learning tool so they understand some of the lingo that might be discussed and what their contract should include. Their own cliff notes. Exactly. Is there anything in particular in that contract guide that you'd like to point out? When you're becoming an associate or thinking about becoming an associate or going to hire an associate for your orthodontic practice, some typical provisions that'll come up that we've seen before are non-compete clauses. All right, that's something that you're going to see. There's also, okay, clauses concerning patient records. Who has control over those? If you and the orthodontist you're working with or for or other provider have a disagreement, who then still has control of those patients? Who still has control of those records? You know, one of the overriding themes and one of the onuses for, for creating this starter kit is is the fact that orthodontics is is different than a lot of other medical professions if you run into an attorney who says who cuts and pastes a contract for you and says well this is just a standard medical agreement i question it take take time to think about that because unlike a lot of almost every other medical specialty there are unique circumstances surrounding orthodontic treatment that create unique problems and, and challenges in a contractual situation. As Sean mentioned, non-competes, access to records. Access to records in particular illustrates this issue that you have long-term treatment. You know, this is not general dentistry where you where you can literally begin and end a patient uh, doctor-patient relationship within a couple of hours at most. 
orthodontics, if you accept a patient, it's an 18, 24, 36 month or more treatment. And you have unique, therefore you have unique issues. So access to records, term and termination, which kind of goes hand in hand with access to records, you know, under what circumstances will this contract terminate? And when it does terminate, who owns, so to speak, those patients? And what, how can you communicate with those patients? Because inevitably, whether you are in the employer situation or the employee situation or independent contractor, whatever the case may be, there will be patients in treatment. And the question is, what do you do with those patients? Can you contact them? Can you tell them where the, where the independent contractor or employee is going to practice or if they are? I think probably one of the most important aspect of a contract is the ability to, for the ortho, for the treating orthodontist, to have autonomy when it comes to patient selection and then patient termination. And and that's just an over and, and we go into more detail as to why that is in that contract guide. But that's one of the things that, ironically, and and I know I don't know Sean's experience with this, but a lot of contracts that I see don't even consider that. They don't even talk about who in this relationship has the right to select the patient and when that those patients can be terminated. And does that address liabilities as well? Absolutely liabilities. Depends on the jurisdiction, depends on the state. Typically, no matter what your relationship is with your employer or your partner or, or the person you're independent contracting with, if you're the orthodontist and you're seeing a patient, you are the orthodontist of record. You're touching that patient, you are their doctor. They don't know, and nor would they care, what your relationship is with your employer, your contractor, whatever the case may be. They know that you're the, you're the doctor. But if in that contract you don't have the ability to access records, to, to be able to advise and have some element of control and judgment over their treatment plan, you will likely run into problems. So there really are pitfalls for orthodontists versus other types of dental practices. Absolutely. And it goes back to that unique method of practice. You know, I think this is one of the few medical specialties, period, where treatment routinely goes years. So we talked about uh, basically four sections in, in this uh, kit, contract guide, podcast, legal summaries, and sample agreements. If a member who's listening to this podcast were to look up just one piece of information in the new member legal starter kit, is, is there just one that you would recommend? Well, I think they're all important. I, I don't think it would be hard-pressed to pick out just one. And, and we certainly don't want to elevate one over the others. I mean, you could probably pick out a few and say you're going to see some elements more than others. The contract guide. You're going to have contracts, you know, who knows? A typical orthodontic practice, you're going to have 15 to 20 active contracts all the time, not even counting your patient contracts between vendors and labs and suppliers and, and, and perhaps email security systems, things like that. Uh, and that it, as well as other doctors that you're contracting with, independent contractors or employees. You're also, again, I think you get in the summaries. We even have a summary in there called 20 uh, Frequently Asked Legal Questions. Read those. I, I think probably almost every orthodontist will come across at least five or six of those issues on a daily basis. One thing that uh, caught my eye that, that uh, is part of the kit is the, uh, the mutual aid agreement. And I guess it's because, you know, I looked at that and I thought, well, why would people need that? And then I thought, ah, illness, accidents, we're not indestructible. 
Um, Pre-planning is a good thing. Is that kind of the, the, the thought behind the mutual aid agreement? That's it. Um, and and it's, it's designed to have uh, for a group of orthodontists in a, in a geographic location, and it really is geographic specific. It doesn't make much sense if you, you go beyond a geographic area. To just simply say that in the event of the death or disability of one of us, here are the rights and responsibilities of the rest of us. It's about patient care. It's making sure that those patients, that there's a seamless transition, that you can step in temporarily or permanently and make sure those patients are taken care of in a, in a timely, safe, effective way. Is, this, uh, is the kit something that could be considered a risk management tool as well? I think it can definitely be considered a risk management. One of the focuses with this kit is to allow, again, orthodontists, whether new or old, to look at their practice and say, okay, does my practice have an issue? You know, do I have a mutual aid agreement? Is there contract questions I have? Then they can look at the starter kit, get just a basic idea of what some of the topics or issues are that arise when they're looking at what the specific issue is that's in front of them, and then go and contact an attorney in their state or jurisdiction to help them come up with what works for both them and their practice. It's completely meant to be used more on the front end than the back end. This is not a starter kit that's meant to be reactionary, where if uh, orthodontists get sued, the starter kit will somehow help them. It's more so meant for someone who, as they're starting their practice, or even if they're not starting the practice or well into their practice, wants to just kind of look and see what the legal tools are, are out there that they can use. This is something that will give them some guidance on that. Great. So members who even have been in practice for a while will still mm-hmm. some, find some value in the kit. Uh, and I would say, Pam, that that at least from my own experience talking to members, the vast majority of problems that they run into could have been avoided if they had read and followed some of the advice in these summaries and known about them beforehand. An ounce of prevention is the old saying. It's absolutely true. Just putting in some, putting in some common sense safeguards to make sure that you are checking the box on things that you need to check the box on to ensure that you're, you're keeping people happy and that you're not sitting yourself up for your own harm. This is just a fabulous member resource. Is there a charge for this for members to access it? It's free to all members, Pam, and it's available on the website. We don't charge it. As a matter of fact, some of these summaries, the HIPAA guides, things like that, uh, we go beyond actually not charging and we make it friendly for our members to copy paste and customize for their own use. Again, I'll echo what Sean said. Anytime you're dealing with contracts, legally significant documents, make sure you have your own attorney and your jurisdiction review it to ensure that it is suiting your particular needs. Again, this is all customizable, but it doesn't do the member any good if they don't actually customize it. And customizing it means making sure that it is uh, conforms with state local regulations. And as we mentioned earlier, this is uh, not to be construed as legal advice, but for some information about uh, having a, a, an attorney for your practice, how to find one, we might invite uh, folks to go back and listen to episode 10 of the Business of Orthodontics podcast where uh, Kevin discusses uh, the importance of having an attorney for your practice and finding one. Where will members be able to find the new member legal starter kit on the website? Pam, it'll be housed. You can go directly to the AO website and go under legal and advocacy. It'll be on that drop-down tab. It's called new member legal starter kit. Uh, you'll also see links to it anywhere. This podcast actually is 
publicized on on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, wherever else you see, there'll be a link directly to it. Excellent. This is a a wonderful member benefit that will help to take some of the mystery out of uh, running an orthodontic practice. So that's a wrap for Episode 15 of the AAO's The Business of Orthodontics podcast. Thanks to Kevin Dillard, AAO's General Counsel, and Sean Murphy, AAO's Associate General Counsel. Join us for future podcasts as AAO experts explore questions and issues that are important to you in your orthodontic practice. If you have subject areas you'd like addressed on a future podcast, please email them to info at aaortho.org or call 800-424-2841. This is Pam Paladin. Thanks for listening to the Business of Orthodontics podcast, episode 15.